festive. Looking out a dirty old window, outside the cars in the city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why. Friday night and everyone's moving. I can feel the heat, but it's soothing heading down. I Hello, this is Minute 50 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Corinne McLean, your host. With me today is Keith Allison. Hey, everyone. And Megan Tripp. Hello. Today we get to, uh, Cher had just left her seat to get up and give her oral report, and now she is in the middle of giving it. Uh, so she talks about violence in the media, gives an incredibly brief oral presentation. Elton asks to go to the nurse. Travis gives a positive review. Christian gives a positive review. Amber gives a negative review. And our minute ends. Well, I did remember. um, Well, I mean, this conversation, I guess, has been going on for like 20 some odd years and it's still kind of going on. But the whole violence on TV and how it's going to like impact our children. I mean, now it's kind of spilled over now into like video games and like what's going to happen to our kids if they play too many violent video games. But I do kind of remember that being like a big position for conservatives to be concerned about what children were watching on TV. <laughs> yeah. And this movie is pre Columbine. Um, it is. Yes. So like that got to be a much bigger thing afterwards. Like this is when, when high schools were still happy, peppy places. Yeah. As, as Darren's pointed out quite a bit in the first few episodes, like, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the little, the brief little buoyance of high school clueless clones that came out kind of would have come to a stop after Columbine made that not, Quite the uh, big thing to focus on when one thought of high school in the United States in the early 2000s. Um, so yeah, uh, this is a pretty interesting minute. It is kind of like a it's kind of a big counterpoint comparison to the uh, to the previous oral report that Cher gave. I suppose like very similarly structured about the Hadians. Exactly about <laughs> taking refugees. That's been playing so so much the last few months uh, with the uh, current uh, debates about that. And it even has the same structure, too. Like, she's called up, gives a little speech that lasts for, like, 20, 25 seconds. Kind of a bad pacing for an oral report, but, you know, gets the point across. And then get, just gets some, field some responses from uh, Elton, Travis, and then the bell rings all of a sudden. Uh, it's a very interesting yeah, scene that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, again, it's just, like, one of these moments that, like, okay... Cher does have a brain in her head. She doesn't really care about school. It's the correct argument. Like, it's an okay argument to make. It's a reasonable thing. And, like, it's a reasonable way to think about it. She's, like, making a thoughtful argument. She's not making it for nearly long enough or nuanced enough to make a reasonable point, like, to get a grade. Yeah, she only has, like, the one point. It's not, like... Here are my three points and how they all build together. It's like I've got one thing to say. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. her. No, approach. no, no big counter argument really to refute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, like I love that. I love Amber's big counter argument. I thought it reeked. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like this whole this 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 scene makes me really feel for Mr. Hall as a teacher. <laughs> like, I feel like the, I wanted this scene to just so be like him, like really, really it coming across just how completely on cloud nine and like above it all he was. 
like, no, no, I'm just like this blissed out on like my love, like happiness right now. I do kind of love just how happy he is, how content he is throughout this minute. Cause it's just like <laughs> confronted by a student who does nothing uh, to really prep for the report. And like, he's just, he just seems more like on a, yeah, let's go with that sort of way of teaching at this point. Like, like he, yeah. he hears Elton and, and uh, Travis say they're irrelevant <laughs> uh, comments. And he's just like, Oh, he's basically like, Oh, good input. Let's keep going. Let's, uh, let's see where let's see where this takes us. Essentially, um, like he is waiting for that bell as much as any one of those students. I will say though, yeah. like as far as teaching goes, it's it's kind of odd for on Mr. Hall's part to to schedule this oral report like within the last two minutes before the bell's about to go off. Unless we got a really comp- yeah, it's a good thing she didn't have a nuanced argument to make. How many people had to speak during that class? Do you think <laughs> that? They ran out of time so much. Yeah, it could be that could just be the background noise. Unclear. If you had the alternate take of Clueless, where it's just all the stuff happening outside of Cher's narration, where it's just like we hear it all filtered through, but like, like you have that scene of like all the people walking a minute forty eight uh, to to the song, and then like if you have the alternate director's t- cut, it's just like a bunch of bells going off and people like talking to each other. And then here's the pencils dropping in uh, the previous minute. We just hear someone talking about the Middle East or something like that. <laughs> Amber giving, like, her very detailed and well-researched report about the Middle East. <laughs> like, Which, like, without, like, like, that she's clearly spent weeks preparing for, like, to get to earn her A, and that's why she's pissed off about the whole thing. <laughs> and doesn't even get an A. It gets, like, a B- minus <laughs> for execution. Exactly. <laughs> I like to think That'd that maybe great. maybe Mr. Hall's thought process for this was just like, oh, we have like three minutes left of class. I'll just call on Cher. She'll make it 25 seconds long. No big deal. <laughs> it's efficiency at its finest. Yeah, that's like he saved Cher for the end. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love how Amber is like very adversarial against Cher, but she doesn't even necessarily seem to know why she hates her. She just wants to get like a zinger in as quickly as possible, even though she hasn't thought of one yet. So she just says, I thought it reeked. (laughs) Like she has nothing to say about the argument itself or the presentation. It's just, I thought it reeked. That's all she has to contribute. (laughs) Like like she's like for the first debate, she has like, she's talking about something totally irrelevant to this. And like, like, okay, that's actually a really reasonable thing to say in response to this debate. And in this one, it's very much like, like, nope, I have, my character has just evolved into the squawking anti, anti share character. <laughs> yeah, she's still reeling from, <laughs> she's still reeling from that, that last party scene of being called out for wearing Cher's previous outfit. Just gonna lash out whatever outlet's available to her in public discourse. I just love that she like outs herself as being just as shallow as Cher. Like, she's saying Cher's making this ridiculous argument, and yet she's not arguing herself at all. I guess he's not suffering too much, though. Because uh, when I remember, like, uh, when we get to near the end of the film, where Cher's going on her narration of, like, the people in her life, I guess in the other big rack-up, she talks about, like, the female teacher, and, like, how, how she now feels empathetic to her for always trying to get them engaged in subjects when she knows that no high schooler will be engaged. She doesn't, I don't think she mentions Mr. Hall. 
in that in that same way. It's maybe Mr. Hollow has just like learned to accept his status in life now. At least now that he's made the best of it, perhaps. That's what we need. That's what we need for the uh the the clueless follow up is just the my dinner with Andre version of this where he talks to someone else in the administrative staff and just hears the experience with kids and the highs oh, and lows man. over over and it's not over a dinner, it's over like a thirty minute lunch period. Just in the teacher flash. <laughs> My cafeteria meal with Mr. Hall. Exactly. I feel like maybe there was a time where, you know, he was very passionate about getting people to debate and to reason and to think about things in a deep fashion and uh then that kinda got beat out of him and now he's like choosing the positivity of being with um I forget her name. Yeah. Uh, Miss Geis. Miss Geis. The teacher that he's with. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's absolutely what I guess is. maybe it's more just like, a, I think for him, maybe at this point, it's just like a case of looking for the small victories sort of thing. Or like having fun <laughs> with what you can do with what you have. Because uh, I feel like even before he gets together with Miss Geis, he's still like, he's still giving like snarky lines and kind of smiling at it where he's like playing up uh, like, oh, you got the most attentions. Uh, or... Or like when Cher's given her, <laughs> when Cher gives her first report and like he calls on Elton like for his response, and Elton just like I forgot my thing in the quad or whatever. Can I go get it? Or I gotta go get it before someone snaps it. And he's just like, well, I don't think I can allow that. Like just like still having fun, <laughs> still having fun with his lot in life. But at that point, it's maybe a little bit more mean spirited because of his lack of romance. And now, yeah, it's... exactly. Like he's actually trying to make student's life miserable right a little bit and now it's just kind of like like no i'm still having a grand old time because i'm having a grand old time now exactly i love his dynamic with um birkenstock is that his name travis birkenstock yes yeah Yeah. travis who i think has one of my has one of my favorite lines from this uh when they get to the too enthusiastic yeah yeah when they get to the uh feedback portion and Mr. Hall comes to Elton and is just like Elton, as as is his uh, as his uh, his modus operandi. He's just like more focused on his own stuff, and he's like, "Can I, my foot hurts? Can I go to the nurse?" And whereas in the previous one, it was like kind of setting up, like doesn't even bother to come up with a good nurse excuse. Yeah, no. And whereas before, it was just like we got the back of Elton's because we didn't really see him yet, and it was like yeah. making up his his character, building it up. Now it's just like he's an afterthought. Now that he's just kind of revealed his true intentions with Cher, and we move on to Travis, who's just like happy as a as can be with his feet like over laced over his skateboard on the desk, and he, he just gives the Siskel and Ebert like two thumbs up. <laughs> fun, fun for the whole. Uh, what was it? Uh, Fine holiday film is what fine, fine holiday film. <laughs> like a great Christmas time report about violence in the media. <laughs> oh God, I hadn't even really processed that. Like, oh, I, that's great. I want now. That's what I want now. Uh, like, I want uh, clips of like. Black Friday shopping gone awry, like people just pushing each other with carts. And like, as they show the videos of people getting pushed aside and getting injured, it then cuts to a clip from Clueless of Travis just going like, fine holiday fun right there. That's my goal to see on the internet now. That's what we need. If you can dream it, you can do it, man. 
<laughs> oh man, we also we almost missed the wonderful, wonderful comeback. Like so, like if and I I want to just throw this in here. So if Amber is existing just to be like the squawk, squawk, squawk in the background of like like I'm the anti share who wears shares outfits and is useless and obnoxious. Like, that Cher actually gets a good comeback to her, I thought it reeked line about her, her knockoff imposter, excuse me, perfume, uh, which I thought was fun. So, yeah, and it's happen. even, it's even uh, complimented by a great reaction shot from Donald Faison. That's Murray. Murray has a nice little look. What was that? Uh, Donald Murray has a nice little reaction shot to that, too, where he's, like, completely complimenting Cher with that, oh... You got, you got <laughs> taken down. <laughs> Take that, Amber. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's always nice, too, that Cher... I mean, sometimes she'll make like negative comments about people when they're not around, which isn't great, but she is she never, like... She'll to their faces, too. Right, but like she never like initiates like negative comments to a person. Right. Like, she'll, yeah. she'll say something negative to amber but only after she perceives a slight like oh you wore the same dress as me or you said my oral presentation reeked like she doesn't initiate with amber yeah no share is she's not mean she just isn't mean yeah like like that's why you can like the character or it's just more like a very dismissive uh, recognition of that like not even wanting to engage fully just being like oh you said that to me well <laughs> here you go Kind of like how in Mad Men, when uh, when the Ginsburg character gets to Don in the elevator and says uh, something like, uh, I feel sorry for you. And Don's response is just like, I don't... And Don just goes, I don't even think yeah, of you yeah, at all. Yeah, I don't think of you at all. <laughs> it's just such a more cutting line than one could ever possibly hope to make. Uh, so, who, guys, who's your favorite character in the movie? I guess, for me, it might be Josh, honestly. I, um, just because of the Paul Rudd factor. And just because when I saw this, yeah, when I and just I think mainly because when I saw this movie for the first time with my roommate, uh, I just at one point remarked like, "It's not just that Paul Rudd hasn't aged since then; it's like the way that he reacts in this movie <laughs> is just so, so wonderfully out there. It's like he he time traveled from like 2011 or whatnot back to 95, <laughs> and just decided to in, give the inflections of his Paul Ruddness from then in this 95 era movie." It's just so delightful, I think. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd is just kind of always Paul Rudd. And I'm sure that can be a negative in some cases, but I can't think of one because I love Paul Rudd as does everyone. No, he's adorable. <laughs> like, he's wonderful. Seeing him in a more dramatic context can be a little bit surprising. Like, I remember when I saw the Cider House Rules for the first time, and I think he plays, like, uh, Charlize Theron's, like, wartime boyfriend or husband or whatnot. Yeah. And I was so so surprised. Like, oh my god, Paul Rudd here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what, how'd what you get here <laughs> picks you out a little bit <laughs> um i'm not good at picking one favorite so i'll say i it's love hard it is i i love sharon josh obviously as far as like second tier characters though i'm gonna go birkenstock just for the fine what did he say fine family fun or fine yeah fine holiday, fine fun. holiday, fine holiday fun. Fun. <laughs> just yeah. from that line alone it just sounds like something that I would want to say, like, as like a <laughs> yes. snarky but not overly mean comments. 
and then like be exactly. too actually self-conscious to say out loud <laughs> exactly. it's just goofy enough that like you're clearly also making fun of yourself a little by yeah. saying it yeah it's a it's a really good one-liner like <laughs> that yeah no it's it's a nice yeah one. It's well done, and, uh, <laughs> I guess it's just also, like, I'm, I was a huge Siskel Niebert fan growing up, so <laughs> having anything kind yeah. of, like, em- emulating, like, them with the thumbs up and the clear, like, critic blurb that you would see on like, a DVD cover yeah. is just so delightful, I think, just completely out of context. Uh, do you guys have anything you'd like to plug? I'm on Twitter, at uh, MST3KFAN123, you know, post posting sporadically as I do, and on Letterboxd, I'm, at, I'm Keith Allison there, just... Watching movies as much as I can and absorbing them into my brain. So check it out <laughs> if you can. <laughs> um, I have my podcast, Not Another Bad Movie Podcast, where we watch uh, cable movies that we assume are going to be terrible. And then we talk about them. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter at NABM Podcast or find us at Not Another Bad Podcast. Not a bad, not another bad movie podcast dot com. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I record The Accidental Cinephile, where I watch movies that I really, really already should have seen, uh, with my lovely co-host James Brooker. Um, and you can find us at Accidental Pod, uh, on Twitter, or The Accidental Cinephile on SoundCloud or, uh, iTunes. Um, yeah, check all of those lovely things out, um. Check out all of the the As If family of podcasts out. Um, And yeah, we will be back tomorrow with Minute 51. Thanks everybody for listening and we will will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Corey McLean with my guests, Keith Allison and Megan Tripp. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore Podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.